0: Last month, people in France were witness to a series of isolated and brutal attacks. And just a heads up, the circumstances of these incidents can be hard to hear, especially for our younger listeners.
1: A teacher decapitated on the street right in front of his school.
0: A teacher brutally beheaded,
1: targeted because he showed cartoons of the Prophet Muhammad in class.
0: On October 16th, an attacker beheaded a teacher in a Paris suburb because the teacher had showed a caricature of Prophet Muhammad during a class on freedom of speech.
1: President Macron said France must defend its secular traditions.
0: Just weeks later, another attacker stabbed multiple people in a church in Nice. He said he was also upset about the caricatures.
1: Another day of horror in France. Three people killed in a knife attack.
0: Authorities say a young man stabbed several people inside the Notre Dame Basilica in Nice. The attacks followed the reprinting of the cartoons of the Prophet in the French magazine Charlie Hebdo. In Islam, any images of the Prophet are considered forbidden. But so is murder. I'm Malika Bilal, and this is The Take. French President Emmanuel Macron defended the publication of the cartoons as freedom of expression, but he did it in a speech that some Muslims found offensive and
2: divisive.
1: With this radical Islamism, this is the central topic, so let's talk about it and give it a name. The problem is what he described as Islamist separatism. He repeated the word several uh, times. He also talked about radical
0: Islamism. Several Muslim nations criticized Macron's language against Islam, with some even calling for boycotts of French goods.
2: Palestinian-Israeli protest against France outside the French ambassador's residence in Tel Aviv.
1: I'm now telling my nation, just as they're saying in France not to buy anything from Turkish brands, I call on my nation, here and now, do not pay attention to French-labelled goods,
0: And some people in France, especially those in the far right, are saying Islam is incompatible with French values. We wanted to break down what French Muslims are going through today, and how a new proposed law could frame their lives going forward. My name is Reem Sarah Adwan. Reem Sarah is a French researcher, legal scholar, and PhD candidate at the University of Toulouse. She focuses on religious freedom, civil liberties, and human rights. So let's start with something that is very French. It is the idea of secularism, French secularism. Some people may not understand. This is a constitutional principle of France. What do we mean when we say that?
2: Laïcité is often misunderstood, even in France and even more abroad. So we have in France the law of 1905 on separation of churches and state which guarantees basically the idea that the church should not interfere in state affairs and vice versa. So if I want to make a comparison with America, for example, in America, with the First Amendment, the idea is to protect the citizen, the people, against the abuse of the state in, in matter of religious freedom. In France, it's the opposite. We want to protect the state, against the potential abuse of our religion. The two main
0: principles of laicite, or secularism, are neutrality of the state and freedom of conscience for individuals. So if you're a public servant, you can't display any allegiance to a religion. No headscarves, no crosses, no yarmulkes. But as an individual, you are free to believe in whatever you want, and you can show it. However, the interpretation of the law has changed a lot over the years.
2: Contemporary laicite has been transformed, has been reinterpreted. And this reinterpretation, and I use the term weaponization really of laicite, has a liberal dim- dimensions, as it is increasingly defined by some politician, legislator, as an antonym if you want, of religious freedom, which it goes against the essence of the law of 1905. And unfortunately, the scope of laicity as a legal principle over the course of the last decades, approximately, are tightly tied to an increasing anxiety vis-a-vis Islam.
0: So let's actually talk about what that means in everyday life. What does that mean for Muslims in France? Because right now, if you wanted to display the fact that you're Muslim outwardly, would that be allowed?
2: So civil servants have to be neutral. So you're not allowed to wear a headscarf, a kippah, a cross, etc. Since the adoption of the law prohibiting religious sign in public school, students from primary to high school, not universities, are not allowed to display ostentatious signs, to quote the law. But otherwise, besides these cases, you can wear a hijab in France, like when you are outside, when you use a public service, not just a hijab, a cross or, again, a kippah. You are allowed to display your affiliation. So that's the current state of the law. So... When I read that France prohibits the hijab, it's actually inaccurate. Now, after saying that, what's going on is the public discourse from our politicians, from pundits, commentators, who have been actively trying to push for a prohibition of religious visibility, especially towards the headscarf. And who pays the price? Muslim women. But in France, technically, you are outside. You have religious freedom.
0: So after the recent violent attacks, the French president, Emmanuel Macron, announced a new law against religious separatism, as he called it. And it's aimed at freeing Islam in France from quote-unquote foreign influences. Controversial, to say the least. What can you tell me about this proposal?
2: In 2018 already, Macron began a consultative process of stressing the need to have an interlocutor for French Muslims. But of course, the latest events have pushed things forward and even faster. And uh, so the law on separatism, first of all, the law has not been adopted. I haven't read the bill myself. It hasn't been released just yet. So what we have is really announcements from the government and from some ministers. It's PR. It's really political PR right now. So a couple of things. First, the term separatism itself has been spread really and used after the recent protests against police brutality in France and was used by politicians across the political spectrum against anti-racist activists who were accused by many forces of, I quote, importing a racial war from the United States. So the word separatism is problematic for that reason, but also on a more legal level, as someone who studied law, separatism does not mean much in legal terms. I do not understand what separatism is. There is no definition. And I'm afraid that the fuzziness around that term might be a cause of abuse from the state, because the more you use a term that doesn't have a definition, that doesn't have a proper framework, framing, the more abuse uh, might happen. So for example, if you listen to the French media at the moment, the simple wearing of a headscarf for some is a sign of separatism. If you have followed what the French Minister of Interior declared recently, he declared being shocked by the existence of ethnic food aisles, meaning halal and culture, but really targeting halal food, because it was a sign of separatism that might cause radicalization, implying also terrorism. Like halal chicken and culture pastrami being responsible for separatism is something I didn't see coming, but hey, it's 2020.
0: So we also heard from The foreign minister of the United Arab Emirates, Anwar Gargash, he was calling on Muslims to accept Macron's claims about the need for integration of Muslims in Western societies. So is integration what the almost six million Muslims living in France need to do to end the controversy? Is that what secularism is in France? Does it apply the same way to other religions in the country?
2: Unfortunately, we have a long history when it comes to the treatment of Muslims in France. First of all, for a country that has pride in being a colorblind nation, we don't recognize communities, we don't recognize minorities, we are one people, the French people. I feel that we talk a a lot about communities when we are like Muslims in France. Notice the wording, we don't talk about French Muslims. And for me, that's very telling. I think today we are not facing a crisis of secularism. We are facing a crisis of identity. And what does it mean to be French today in the 21st century? We have a colonial legacy that is still impacting today's policy. We, still have this idea that Islam is a religion that is at odds with Western values. Uh, That is a religion that is incapable of integrating. And again, if you want to understand that, you have to go back to colonial Nigeria, especially where the Muslims were not considered French citizens because they were Muslims. But today we have a population that is integrated that is part of this nation. And when on a daily basis, your very existence is questioned by the media, by pandits, by... There is not a single day without a declaration by some politician or some commentators that does not target a Muslim. So I think we need to question ourselves as a nation. And I will also say that Muslims also need to act. We don't have an organized Muslim communities really, which is ironically a very French thing to do. <laughs> but you cannot let the state decide for you either. You need to be proactive, you need to make alliances.
0: We often hear government officials say these kinds of attacks are the result of poverty and problematic districts, that young people are quote-unquote radicalized because they live in poorer Paris suburbs, called banlieues. Macron himself has insinuated this.
1: We have to do much more for employment, and the key factor in these districts in order to avoid the violent extremist groups who succeed, we must succeed in retrieving the French Republican dream that these young people should be able to find opportunities.
0: We asked Dream Sarah how you thread the needle between addressing communities' alienation and blaming them for it.
2: First of all, living in those areas are not potential terrorists. Just so to make things clear, most of people who live in the barrier are not seen to be terrorists. I think unfortunately we often make this confusion, which doesn't help the situation at all. We forget that a lot of it is also due to criminality, <laughs> yeah. really. And as for your question, and it's not just Macron, honestly, if I want to be fair. The question of the banlieue, so the poor neighborhood in big cities in France, has been going on for 20, 30 years maybe, and every time it comes back to the table prior to election. And every time nothing is done. And, and besides terrorism, first of all, nobody talk about social media and how radicalization often also happen on social media. And second, we keep talking about poverty in these areas, about the disfranchisement of this population, but nothing is done. We keep dismantling our public services. In these areas, public services are dis- disappearing. We need more educators. We need more mean for our public schools. In this area, public schools are falling apart. We need to listen to teachers when they raise issues. They will tr- Every time you tackle the identity issue, they will try to defend it because they feel attacked. If you take our ombudsman, the Defender of Rights, last summer, released a report saying that, and I'm paraphrasing here, that there is still a part of the population in our country, French people, who is still not considered as being part of the republic, who is still discriminating against due to their skin color and alleged religion.
0: So recently you gave an interview on Al Jazeera's The Stream and you talked about anti-Muslim bigotry as a business model.
2: Tell me what you meant by that. So today we live in a world where You need the buzz to make money. And today, the only way for you to win an election is to surf on the far right wave, really. The far right might not be in power, but its spirit is. And it's not just with the current government, it has been the same even with the socialists before, and the right wing. So what happened today, when you have an issue, for example, regarding the pension reforms or COVID or any society issue, immediately, how do you try to distract people from the main topic, the Muslims? And today, we have an equivalent of Fox News in France. It's called C News, And every time we play that game, it, you monetize on anti-Muslim bigotry. Playing the fear card and playing like divide and conquer. The Muslims are a the threat. They're invading us. And what happened? You get buzzed, your audience is busted. And in this country, being a xenophobe, being anti-Muslim, get your job. We have public personalities in this country whom, thanks to their not politically correct attitude because they will say things the way they are. They have their own shoes and they are doing really well.
0: (laughs) In two years, Macron is up for re-election and many see his measures, what he's doing now, his actions and his words as pandering to the far right because he might be afraid of losing to Marine Le Pen. What do you think?
2: Unfortunately, I think that's the case. When Macron ran for election the first time, for what is worse, he was the only one who didn't really play on the whole laicite, anti-muslim bigotry wave. But now, I think he has no choice because of what's going on on a social level. For a year, we had the yellow vest. He was not exactly popular. The pension reform. Many very unpopular measures. And with the recent tragedies that we are going through in this country, I think he wants, he and his administration, he wants to see that he's someone who is trying to do something. And the only way to do that is to appeal to a more far right ish rhetoric. Civil liberties. You need to not forget about civil liberties. Because it's in time of crisis that you need the rule of law. You need due process. You need civil liberties to be reinforced, implemented, and protected. And for a country that, again, is famous for being the nation of human rights, right now we are doing a terrible job at it. And I think it's scary because that's not my friend's. Again, my France is supposed to be the country of liberty, equality, and fraternity, and right now I don't see that. I don't see reassurance from the government. So what kind of nation do we want us to be? Do we want to be a nation that sells their civil liberties to be tough? And yes, again, don't get me wrong, we need to tackle terrorism and extremism. But what price are we willing to pay for that? We need to really be careful. We need to be careful. And I don't think playing the far-right narrative is going to help anyone,
0: really. The French president, Emmanuel Macron, recently sat down with Al Jazeera to talk about France's position on Muslims and Islam.
1: There have been many misunderstandings about this because there have been problems of translation. He said
0: he wanted to clarify the controversy surrounding his speech in October when he said that, quote, Islam is a religion that is in crisis all over the world, end quote. The president said he wasn't talking about Islam as a whole.
1: It's what we call in France radical Islamism. What does this mean? These are violent extremists who distort religion and who commit violence in the name of Islam. And this fight that I've been waging has been translated as my fight against Islam. No, on the contrary. France is a country where the religion of several million of our fellow citizens is Islam. I'm not going to fight them. They are fully fledged citizens and they want to live in peace.
0: Our colleagues at Al Jazeera Arabic also asked Macron about the possibility of a law to protect Muslim symbols in the country.
1: You have to understand what is happening on the issue of the cartoons. Because in France, which is a sovereign country, I decide that the right, the law endorsed by the sovereign people, should be applied, and that I should then try to calm things down. But I say that I'm not going to renege on this right, because that would be unconstitutional, and it would represent a terrible loss of sovereignty for us, because people confuse my position, which I consider to be unassailable. They start attacking a state. As I said to many other leaders, In France, the press is free.
0: And at the end of the day, Macron's stance comes back to laicite.
1: So my role is not to inquire into your beliefs. My job is to ensure that you all abide by the laws of the Republic. I will never accept that you do not observe the law of the country because of your religion if you live in France. I want you to be able to believe in your God, whoever he is, in an untroubled way, serenely, in our country.
0: This interview was on October 31st, at a time when Macron was getting a lot of blowback from Muslim leaders around the world. And he said he picked Al Jazeera because he had a very specific audience in mind. So we wanted to know what Reem Sarah thought about the president's original
2: comments. He needs to really reconsider his PR team, (laughs) because I think it was an incredibly insensitive comment. Uh, I do not think it's up to the French President to decide if there are issues with the religion or not it's up to the communities to decide to try to find a solution and tackle the issues if they exist and on a diplomatic level i don't think it was a very clever thing to do because that's how you you touch people's feelings, really. And unfortunately, we have seen the reactions across Muslim-majority countries. I find it weird because on the one hand, he says, we are not attacking Muslims. And on the other hand, Islam is in crisis across the world. So I think basically he, especially during the latest interview for Al Jazeera, he tried to calm the game a little bit. Because, like you said, Al Jazeera has a specific audience in that case, and it was really to avoid a diplomatic crisis. So
0: then what do you think of his attempt to smooth what could have become a diplomatic crisis?
2: It's his job. Again, he is the president of France, and it's very interesting because I think it's every country, but France is very attached to the image it's sent across the world. We call it the rayonnement de la France à l'étranger. I can't even translate that. How France is shining abroad. Yeah, it, again, it's very French. So it's very interesting to see that as soon as there are critics about certain domestic issues, France reacts immediately. The message you sent is not exactly clear. Is there
0: anything that you want people outside of France to take away from this conversation?
2: I often read certain articles or tweets. Twitter is even worse. It's the bad place. Oh my God. It can be the good place, but it's often the bad place. Mm -hmm. About laicite. And laicite is targeting Muslims. Laicite is not allowing Muslims to freely practice their faith. And my response to this, we first try to understand the situation before making such comments, which do not help anyone. The issue is not secularism or laïcité, per se. It's what you do with it, how you interpret it, how to use or misuse it. And like I mentioned, how you weaponize it for political ends. If anything, French Muslims want laïcité to be applied to them the way it should be. And saying that laïcité is like some threat or whatever is actually inaccurate. And also... French Muslims are not a monolith. So people need to understand the history, the culture, and the context we are living in. And I think if people try to do that instead of trying to gain followers based on emotions, it will be a first step to open a civil debate because America I think that's what we are lacking: in civil debate.
0: I agree with you there on all accounts. Dean <laughs> <laughs> Sarah, thank you so much for offering us your time and delving into this of topic. Course. I really appreciate it.
2: I hope it was helpful.
0: And that's The Take. This episode was produced by Ney Alvarez with Priyanka Tilve and Dina Kisve, along with Nagin Oliai, Oni Wohacha, Alexandra Locke, Amy Walters, and me, Malika Bilal. Steve Lack was the sound designer. Natalia Aldana is our engagement producer. Stacey Samuel is The Take's executive producer. And Graylin Brashear is Al Jazeera's head of audio. If you want to learn more about this topic, go to this episode's description, where you'll find extra information there, plus our social media handles. And we want to hear from you. Reach out. We're at Take on Instagram and Twitter. We'll be back.